I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering every angle of Sunday's slate of football, this is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, everybody, and welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz on an NFL divisional round weekend here from VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. I'm Ben Wilson from our South Point Sportsbook Studios. Such a pleasure to be reunited with <laughs> my guy, Mike Pritchard. We, we do the show, the Lombardi Line, every Tuesday from Circa. Now we're over here at South Point, That's right. former NFL wide receiver. Uh, Mike Pritchard, great to see you, Mike. Great to see you as well, Ben. Uh, awesome that you're in for today for Brady, and um, a great uh, day to go over the NFL. Oh, How about no that? No question. Uh, yes. In this hour of the Pro Football Blitz, we are primarily focused on the two big games to wrap up the divisional weekend as Buffalo and Cincinnati start things off in Buffalo. That's a, a 3 p.m. Eastern kick for Sunday, then transition a little bit later this hour into the second game on the Sunday card, which will wrap up the four of division a weekend as Dallas takes on San Francisco. I always think of you, Mike, when okay. I think, when I think about the resurgence of the Cincinnati Bengals, oh, man. you back on betting across America, mm-hmm. way back. We, when. we remember the time. Well, <laughs> it was mid 2021 about week seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I was working with you then. I said, Mike, let, let's put together some power ratings for who you, you believe are your top, you know, six teams, actually top seven teams in each conference mm-hmm. at, at the moment, at the midway point of last year. You were the first person I knew who had Cincinnati in, in his or her top five in their respective conference power ratings. We know what happened after that. Bengals made a push to the playoffs, right. made it all the way to the Super Bowl. And now this season, it's kind of, it's come full circle and you have the Bengals as a big underdog, but still 
There's a lot to like about Cincinnati, even even with the struggles they had last week. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton to like uh, for Cincinnati. First of all, I'll start this way. Um, identifying Cincinnati on that run that they did last year, uh, Ben, it was predominantly because of they established something that hasn't been done in history. Uh, when you have a core group of players 25 years old or younger that has done something that's never been done before in the history of the game, so I gravitated towards that. Uh, when you have a Jamar Chase, a Higgins, uh, a Mixon, and a Joe Burrow, all 25 years or younger, um, you know, 4,000 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing, 2,000 yard receivers, and, and stuff like that, that was special. Uh, I know the offensive line, they had issues, but, you know, you can correct those things uh, along the way. And uh, we saw Cincinnati do that uh, last year to the tune of making it to the Super Bowl. And then it carried over into this year. The appendectomy, though, for Burrow made them have a slow start uh, with the Bengals, but they're in gear. I mean, they, they have, what, the second longest win streak in the National Football League heading into this matchup, nine games. Uh, so there's a lot to like about the Bengals and this game against the Bills. The spread is very, very interesting right now. Um, but there's a lot to digest or, or go through because, um, you know, the injuries is different from last mm -hmm. year because the Bengals have significant injuries that could compromise them offensively. And Bengals having won nine straight games, second longest active streak to only San Francisco, mm -hmm. who's won 11 straight. We'll talk about them a little bit later this hour. As far as the anatomy of the line this week, it's probably been the most fascinating of the four games where Cincinnati and Buffalo opened as low as Bills minus four. Right. But as reports were confirmed on the status of Jonah Williams, the left tackle for Cincinnati dislocates a kneecap, ultimately ruled out of the game. Lion has gone up. It was went initially to five and a half, touched six for Buffalo before mm -hmm. coming back down. And as we record right now, it's in that five and a half, six range, pretty much split depending on where you look in the market. Uh, as, as far as that side goes, the, you're asking yourself two questions, one on each side, the Cincinnati side, we'll start with, and it's pretty easy with three starting offensive linemen out, in Alex Kappa, the right guard, who's already been ruled out. Lael Collins, the right tackle, who's on IR. And now Jonah Williams injured last week, the mm -hmm. left tackle. How much can you trust the Cincinnati offense down to 40% of its opening day starting lineup? Well, it's how you trust them. I, I think uh, because those are the additions. Lael Collins and Kappa were the additions uh, yeah, uh, up pieces. front. Uh, yeah, so now they revert back to the old pieces, right? <laughs> and so and that was the older pieces going to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think as an offensive line in general, as better as, you know, certainly as a former player, can they hold up or, or do they have to do certain things to protect Joe Burrow? Like, um, obviously Buffalo, and we'll get to Buffalo in a moment, uh, and what they can do without Von Miller, I, I, think, I think the Bengals can be okay. At least that's how I'm looking at this football game, even without those guys up front. Now, running the football, I think, is going to be a challenge for Cincinnati. It has been all year. Uh, they haven't really been able to push or control the line of scrimmage uh, consistently the way you want. But can they hold up in a passing game? And, and I think uh, Cincinnati will lean on the passing game and Joe Burrow and all those weapons that he has. So you can fan it. You can spread mm -hmm. them out. You can chip. Um, you can slide protect. Uh, there's, there's certain things you can do to help out. Uh, if you feel like you are diminished offensively on the offensive line. So I'm not overly concerned about that yet uh, because of the situation on Buffalo's side. Their, their rotation on that D-line is compromised. Uh, Daquan Jones is banged up. Um, mm -hmm. Ed Oliver has been banged up along the way. F Phillips is banged up right now, too. So, you know, looking at that matchup, uh, I, I think the Bengals and their injury situation, I feel like it's going to be okay. You know, as long as Burrow can see uh, and, and read the reads that he needs to do uh, defensively in that secondary. And Buffalo just gave up 31 points to the Skyler Thompson-led <laughs> Miami Dolphins right, last week. Right, the third-string right. quarterback 
you have Joe Burrow now coming mm-hmm. in, a much, a much different animal. And we just watched Joe Burrow last year with an offensive line that was completely patchwork. Burrow took the most sacks in the NFL by a wide margin mm-hmm. last year. Still made the Super Bowl. That, that, <laughs> that, if there's ever a situation where you could overcome that offensive line, to me, Mike, isn't this the, the perfect scenario for, for, for Cincinnati, assuming you also have a trust in the defensive side, too? Yeah, remember, you know, Burrow completed over 70% of his passes last year. I mean, he's right, right around 68% right now, too. Um, so they complete a lot of passes, whether it's to the slot or whether it's outside quickly. Uh, they got the fade stop, which is a quick throw, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, there's screen plays. There's plays to the backfield. P. Ryan is an excellent receiver out the backfield. So there's ways to get rid of the football. Uh, and not hold the ball in the pocket. Uh, now, where it gets challenging, though, is if they can't run it, which I don't think they're going to be able to have that much uh, success, mm-hmm. depending on the rotation, though, depending on the injuries up front on that defensive line. Uh, I think the Bengals will try to. They're going to have to. They can't be one-dimensional uh, in a matchup against uh, Buffalo that way. They're going to have to try to run it to try to keep them honest. But, you know, you think about last year with this offense, and this is what I do as I go into the playoffs, uh, you know, dissecting these teams. They scored 27 points a game last year, the Bengals. Um, you know, they had, what, 16 rushing touchdowns, 36 passing touchdowns. Uh, you're talking about 52 total offensive touchdowns. So, you know, play selection, 59% pass, 41% run. Uh, and then now this year is skewed up, though. It's 62-38. And that's concerning. Uh, but I, I think you might need to skew it that way against this Buffalo defense. Though. Even with the skewed nature, though, it's still an offense that's had success fourth in uh, in touchdown scoring mm-hmm. percentage this year. So I like Cincinnati because of that. And my trust in a quarterback in Joe Burrow, who graded out as a top six guy in advanced metrics, completion percentage over expectations, plus EPA per play, even with a compromised offensive line, to continue to move the ball forward and combine with a defense that finished really consistently under right. Lou Anarumo one of the top defensive coordinators in the league, top 10 uh, in both yards per play, mm-hmm. yards per drive allowed, a t- touchdown percentage allowed as well. It's a defense that is profiled really well to at the very least slow down that high powered yet yep. turnover prone Buffalo offense. And to me, that is going to determine the, th- the game. How, how effective can that Cincinnati defense be? Can they force more Buffalo turnovers if they can? It's a game Cincinnati should be able to stay within the number at six. I know. I, that's what I'm looking at, too, the Bengals uh, and staying within that number. I think the Bills will win the game, but can the Bengals, uh, from a betting perspective, stay within the number? And I think they can. I mean, uh, you talk about that defense. They led the league in opponent incompletions per game, uh, right? And uh, that's 14.2. Uh, and so uh, if you are forcing the Bills to throw the ball, and, okay, if you're forcing the Bills and the Bills don't want to run it, uh, uh, without Josh Allen anyway. I, it, they, they're going to have to run it with Josh Allen. Uh, but they, they're trying to not run it with, <laughs> uh, with Josh yeah. Allen. Uh, so if it is a passing situation, uh, you favor the Bengals uh, and what they're doing defensively. Baltimore was 1-4 in a red zone uh, last year. And so the Bengals, their philosophy with their defensive coordinator and how they play it, if you move the ball between the 20s, that's okay. But in the red zone, we're going to bracket you. We're going to make things difficult for you. You're not going to be able to find easy reads. Uh, and so that's why uh, I think Josh Allen's going to have to be ultra dynamic uh, mm-hmm. in this matchup because I, I think the Bengals will have a solid game plan for them. It's interesting you, you say the split between pass, pass downs and rundowns for Josh Allen as a quarterback because uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to have some thoughts. I, have a prop, okay. I do have a play uh, in pocket already on this game in the prop market, mm-hmm. which we're going to get into. We'll do props, weather, injury reports in our second segment here talking Bills-Bengals. But for Allen and that Bills offense, 31st in offensive turnover percentage. Right. Think about, think about the fact that on 
almost 16% of their drives this year. 16%. That's almost one in five, Mike. Mm-hmm. The Bills turned the ball over. Yep. You can't make a Super Bowl run. I feel like I don't need to tell you, a former <laughs> guy who played in the playoffs. You can tell you me. Can't, you can't turn the ball over almost one in every five drives and expect to make a Super Bowl. Only the Indianapolis Colts were worse this year at yeah. turning the ball over more. And look at where they're at, searching for a new coach right now. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen is a quarterback. 30 combined interceptions and fumbles this year. So if you're from the player's perspective right now, if you're in the Buffalo locker room, how are you preparing in a week where you know you can't get away with turning the ball over the way you have been so consistently all year? Well, that's just it. You can turn the ball over, and it starts with Josh Allen. And, you know, he's aware of that. Um, He's been talking about that. Uh, He's been forcing it. But I think he's forcing it because the Bills are making him throw the football. They're not allowing him to be dynamic with his legs running the football. Uh, and that's what goes to the red zone. You know, uh, you think about Buffalo right now and how they're executing 69% uh, in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns uh, during their eight-game winning streak, which is phenomenal, right? And so that's how they're overcoming turnovers. But as you get deeper in the playoffs, you get it uh, against a team like Cincinnati, you can ill afford to turn the ball over. Uh, and one of the things I think to do for, for Josh Allen to slow him down is certainly to have him run the football. But – this team has been able to overcome a lot of, as, uh, of adversity. Uh, we think about mm-hmm. the travel and certainly DeMar. We can go on and on and on about the adversity this year. But this team been lost three games this year by a combined eight points. I mean, that right there is spectacular. Uh, even with the mistakes, even with the turnovers, even with uh, the lack of production at times. So uh, I, don't, I don't think the Bengals, you know, that's why I think the Bills will win the game. But I, right. I, I, I give Cincinnati a great chance of getting inside the number, though. We'll discuss the total when we return, as well as some of the props. There's also an angle I need your thoughts on. Okay. Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, interviewing for the Panthers job the day before the game. What do we make of that? We're just getting started. It's the Pro Football Blitz here from VEASAN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosting guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That is VSIN.com slash subscribe. Back with the former NFL wide receiver, Mike Pritchard. Ben Wilson with you from the South Point Sportsbook Studios. Can you tell we're excited, Pritch? I mean, this, is, this is divisional weekend, yes. okay? Yes. Doesn't get any better than that. No, uh, your memories of your first divisional game, which mm-hmm. was it was Falcons-Washington, correct? Yep. 91, rookie year. your rookie year? Yep. Oh, man, yeah. it, was, it was just off the charts uh, exciting, uh, really. I mean, it's another rematch. That's the thing about yeah. uh, the playoffs. A lot of times uh, there are rematches, uh, right? Uh, you might have faced a team earlier that year and – uh, okay, you're going to face that team again. Uh, the team again, and uh, we were able to beat the Saints uh, two out of three. Uh, they won the division. We were a wild card, and then we moved on to the divisional round against that monster. Of <laughs> there in Washington. 1991 Washington oh, Redskins. Oh my goodness, yeah. they were so good. They were so loaded. No weaknesses anywhere, uh, and we had to be on top of our game. Uh, and then the weather kicked in. So as a run mm. and shoot football team, and you can't run the ball because you don't have a tight end or a fullback, uh, we were compromised. Um, uh, so we got destroyed in that game. Made it tough. But you, yep. hey, not everybody can say they've played in, uh, no, in, in a, not only a national championship game in college football, which Pritch won with the Colorado yeah. Buffaloes. That was but a hell also, of a year. Uh, yeah, also a divisional yeah. round game in the NFL. Yeah, that was so. a long year for your boy over here because he played a national championship game, uh, then did the college all-star game circuit, then did the workouts and all that stuff, get drafted in the first round, go through the season, and then go on to the, <laughs> the playoffs. That was a long season. I would have liked to have been in the Mike Pritchard entourage. <laughs> I hate 
It wasn't that deep then. It wasn't that deep. It okay. got deeper though. It got, uh, as you, the years that's progressed. when you were people, people were taking app. You were taking oh, yeah. applications. Back <laughs> that's in the right. Day. We'll, that's we'll right. frame it like that. Uh, so <laughs> Buffalo and Cincinnati. We continue on with this preview. We'll go through some of the props we like, some of the additional angles, as well as the injury reports and weather coming in. The the one interesting angle though, I, I wonder how you view this, Mike, as a former player, mm-hmm. where Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator for Buffalo, uh, meeting with the Carolina Panthers, interviewing for their head coaching job on a Saturday. 24 hours before the game on a Sunday, there's already been some consternation within within you know, within the Buffalo circles about his play calling, how pass-heavy Josh Allen and the Bills have been. How much of an impact do you see that being heading into Sunday? Well, I mean, it certainly is a distraction. Um, but I, I will say this, you know, these interviews are uh, over Zoom, you know, and I think if you're Dorsey, uh, any head coach would endorse you to start going through the interview process. Like, you start. You have to start getting reps with that if, if you're a head coaching candidate. Uh, and I think this is the beginning of that for Ken Dorsey, uh, who got elevated to offense coordinator. I mean, you're offense coordinator with that type of quarterback. Uh, obviously, you're going to be sought after. And that's, that's just the National Football League. That's the product of the National Football League. Uh, but as players, you know, you're not – you got the game plan already, right? Uh, you finished it up. It's during the week of practice. You're done. And now Ken Dorsey on his own time is going to interview so it's a profession. You know that. It's business. You know that. Uh, it's not going to bother you. Uh, now, the media and everybody else will make a big deal out of it uh, if Ken Dorsey does not call a great game. Uh, but this game is going to be on Josh Allen and his ability to execute, though. You're not, yeah, you're not saying, woe is me. Right. We don't have our right. offensive coordinator fully right. mentally engaged. You go out and you play the game. Yeah. But the, the Ken Dorsey element, at least for betters, is mm-hmm. something notable to keep in mind, as is the weather in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kickoff temperature expected to be 36 degrees, 80% chance of snow showers at kickoff, continuing throughout the game. Light winds, that is not expected to be a big deal. Right. But after the market opened in the 49.5 range, it was quickly bet up to 50.5, like a pretty steady cascade of under money, uh, is, is the market, I'm updating the screen right now, mm-hmm. uh, had gone as low as 48 with some weather concerns. It's now back up mostly 48.5 or 49 is the predominant consensus number. Kind of splitting the difference. That's neither a high nor a low total. Right. I, I don't lean either way on this since I, I view this being a tightly played game. Uh, 49 seems about right as far as my number would go, but uh, how do you see it? No, I, I agree with that. I mean, I mean, you look at this matchup and, and you know, I'm right around um, – 52 points in this game. A, be, a little okay. overly. Yeah, thing. you'll okay. you'll you'll appreciate this being from the frozen tundra area, uh, Green Bay. Lambeau. Yeah, field. that's right. Yes. So you know the difference between wet snow and dry snow, right? I do. See, I mean, people don't think of it that way because of precipitation and all that. Yeah. But because it cold is cold, sometimes that the snowflakes and the snow, the flurries or whatever, uh, it's just not that wet, thick snow, right? That feels like rain. Uh, now, the wind situation is not going to be compromising. So as a playmaker out there, you're not worried about it from that standpoint. The cold, the elements, you're going to go out there with sleeves or no sleeves anyway. You're going to wear gloves. You're not going to wear gloves. Uh, but as long as that ball isn't slick, uh, you're going to be okay. And as long as the wind isn't um, uh, too severe, uh, you're going to be okay yeah. out there making plays. We've, we've said it so many times. It's, it's worth repeating, though, once again, the betting market on totals. It's, not imp- it's really not impacted by temperature mm. or by precipitation. It's impacted by wind. By wind. So wet snow, dry snow, whatever, <laughs> frozen tundra, <laughs> buffalo. T- the total, to me, has been depressed a little bit, I would say, based on partly the weather concerns, uh-huh. but more, it's more on the Cincinnati offensive line. Right. 
So to me, if you're a believer in Cincinnati covering the number and getting by with a banged up offensive line like you and I both are, then you would also lean to the over. It, mm -hmm. It's a very logical uh, kind of a direction you would take yourself in as a better. So I would, I would lean that way too. I have a little more conviction on the Cincinnati side. Now that's how I would look at, uh, at the plus six. But especially if you're thinking both teams move the ball, right. it does lead you into props, mm -hmm. where player props will be a very uh, popular way to play this uh, as, as we look at some of the numbers this week. There's a number I like. It's on the rushing side. Okay. And it's a quarterback. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> That's right. Open 44 and a half. Mm -hmm. I got the number 45 and a half. Josh Allen over 45 and a half rushing yards. With how erratic he has been and careless as a passer this yeah. year. Only rushed four times for 20 yards last week. Mm-hmm. You combine those two things, not running him enough and letting him wing the ball through the air and throwing the ball up for grabs and getting intercepted. To me, Ken Dorsey and the Buffalo offense has to get back to what worked early in the year. Get Josh Allen back as, as a six-back lead offensive guy as a runner. And to me, a guy who averages about 47.5 rush yards a game this season, 45.5 is a number I will happily pay for. And especially if it is a wet, colder-type game, should lead to more running opportunities for Allen. Love him over 45 and a half. Yeah, yards. I loved that all week. You know, I was searching for that number. I saw 44 and a half. I mean, you got to shop around, right? But um, no, I, 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 I love that situation with Josh Allen because they have to implement him uh, in, in the running game. He's the second leader in Russia on the team. Uh, they don't have a physical presence, like a dominating physical presence, but they, they're able to run the football when Josh Allen uh, is involved. When facing pressure, too. Whether it's blitzing or not, we saw that last week against Miami. Josh Allen only has a 51.8 percentage completion percentage. So you can expect Cincinnati to bring some type of pressure, especially if they get them in predictable passing situations. So that's when Josh Allen can become dynamic. You know, understanding that I have been giving the ball away, I have not been completing passes when facing pressure. So if I get a ton of pressure, I'm going to utilize my legs because I'm the biggest guy back there in that secondary. Uh, against Cincinnati. So I agree with that. I mean, any type of rushing prop uh, with Josh Allen, I'm looking to go over that. And for those of you watching us at uh, vcin.com or YouTube TV, you see 43 and a half courtesy of BetMGM. Boy, mm -hmm. would I love that number in the mm -hmm. uh, Nevada jurisdiction. 45 <laughs> and a half was the best I could find when I, uh, when I played this on Friday. Mm -hmm. The other part of this too, you think about how Cincinnati's defense will set up, and this can apply to the rest of the, the props on the Buffalo offense. When you think about Cincinnati defensively, you don't think like high-flying playmakers who are making, you know, making huge plays, disrupting the, the play in the backfield. You think disciplined veteran guys mm -hmm. who play a, a pretty general shell coverage who aren't going to make the big mistake. They won't let you beat them deep downfield. So you have to be really disciplined in what you do as an offense. Right. So Buffalo is undisciplined the way they've been the last couple of weeks. And, and for that matter, most of the year, there's not going to be much success there. If you keep trying to take deep shots over the top at that really solid veteran Bengal secondary. So to me, that's where the rushing game can help open up some of the other mm -hmm. options. It's why I'd probably look under on the Stefan Diggs receiving props. We'll, we'll flip over to the receiving props as well, where I mean, Diggs is 79 and a half. I know it's always dangerous to bet under on the big yeah. time receivers because all it takes is one play. But to me, if, if I'm believing in the game plan, shifting more toward the run with Allen, right. it's probably leading towards throwing the ball deep and looking at Diggs less. Yeah. Here's where you have to look at the coaches and, and what they want to do. Um, you know, if you look at Cincinnati as a philosophy, you're right. I mean, uh, Wuzier's not out there, so they don't really have those cover guys. I mean, Eli Apple, my goodness, I can go up against that guy, uh, even at 53 years old. <laughs> 53. Uh, yes, I could. Um, uh. But where I would look, uh, if you do like an over situation, is Gabriel Davis. Uh, because 57 and a half. Yeah, 57 and a half. Uh, one, minus 115 either way. The reason why 
Um, even first touchdown, 11 to 1. How about that? Anytime touchdown plus 155. The reason why is I think Cincinnati, they designed their defense to try to take away the number one option a lot of times with bracket coverages and all that. Uh, and now out in the field, uh, Stephon Diggs could make some big plays. You know, they could throw the slip screens, they can get rid of the ball quickly, they can throw the slants and the, the hooks and all that stuff. But as they get closer and closer to the red zone, that's when Cincinnati gets specialized. Like, there could be an opportunity for Gabriel Davis in this game. Yeah, nice look. Like I said, it's, it's always, it always worries me a little bit. You bet under on the big right. name receiver. Uh-huh. I, I would do that with Stephon Diggs. Also, Tyler Boyd on the Cincinnati side. I'd look over 35 and a half on the receiving yards, especially if they use tight ends to help block that bad offensive line. Right. You could see Boyd in some more shallow routes, get some quick releases out from Joe Burrow. When we return, we break down the NFC Sunday night game. It's the Cowboys and the 49ers next on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. Winter sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions. Bet Rivers, it's a whole new game. Back on the Pro Football Blitz with Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson from the South Point Sportsbook Studio. It's packed house as always. Behind us, Mike. <laughs> they, they love watching their sports. I got the hot dog stand here. Mike, you know, you're, you're, as a former player, your diet has always been very on, well, on the nose. So I, have, you, have you ever <laughs> indulged a little South Point hot dog? I have. I had to try it. Oh, um, you did. Yeah, everybody's been talking about it. Brendan Gaughan's been talking about it. Actually, you can watch him just crush him uh, every once in a while from Gone Racing and Brendan Gaughan. But, um, yeah. That has I, happened. There was a show in our air where yep, people had yep. eaten hot dogs. Oh, live. sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, you, you can't help but have to indulge. Uh, and, you know, I mean, when I first retired – Ben, I was out of control. <laughs> I was out of control. <laughs> out of control. The, re- the reason why is because I was so disciplined. I was 4% body fat when I played, right? And so when I retired, um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun. And so that continued. Then about four years later, that continues more. Uh, so I was out of control for a while. But I, I, I cleaned it up. Uh, lately, though, okay. uh, getting older, I had to clean it up. Clean it up. Yeah. I'm, hey, I'm impressed. You let, at least let yourself enjoy the hot dogs <laughs> once. So, those of you listening or watching, if you haven't been to the South Point, have to check it out. Mm-hmm. One of the the old school joints uh, in Sin City have the famous hot dog cards. What dollar twenty five mm-hmm. for the hot dogs? Well worth well worth the trip. Uh, in the meantime, lo- the book will be packed as well as we get ready for 49ers and Cowboys. That's how the divisional weekend closes, as San Francisco and Dallas renew a long story tradition of playoff football. And as a result, Pritch, it's been interesting to watch how the betting market has interpreted this game. Two teams, very, very publicly supported in general and popular. And despite the recent trends with how good San Francisco has looked, leading the league in 11-game win streak, longest active in the NFL, with the way Dallas performed Monday night in a blowout win at Tampa Bay, the number opened a lot shorter than I was thinking. Opened three and a half throughout the week. Steady money is coming on San Francisco enough to boost yeah. it to four, but that's where the side sits right now. Total was at 46 and a half. Initial move was down to 46, but late in the week, money has come up to the over. It now sits either 47 or still a few books out there at 46 and a half, but the move has been to the over and to San Francisco. How do you analyze the well, side? To start? Oh, you want to start with the side. Okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, these two teams, these two franchises have been so consistent. Right. I mean, the thing about the 49ers in this way, that they can plug and play a quarterback with that roster. That tells you how deep that roster is and how talented uh, they really are. And I'll go back to last year because I always want to go back to last year before I move forward. In 2021, they were 10 and 7, uh, 4 and 4 at home, 6 and 3 away. 
uh, 25 points a game, which was 13th in the National Football League. Uh, play selection, 51% to 49% pass run ratio. Balanced attack, right? Defense allowed 21 uh, and a half points a game. That was ninth in the top 10. Um, you look at the Cowboys, 12 and 5 last year, 5 and 3 at home, 7 and 2 away. 7 and 2 mm-hmm. away, uh, 6 0 in the division. I had the Cowboys winning the division, but didn't imagine the Eagles doing what they did this year. Uh, but my point is, is that the Cowboys have been consistent. They've been that team. They've had some hiccups along the way. There's been a roller coaster or two because of Dak. But from a team standpoint, they've been really, really consistent. Last year, they averaged 31 points a game offensively, which led the league. And last year in defense, they only allowed 21 points a game. That's better now this year. So you see an improvement with both of these franchises. I can't get to a side. Uh, I know this, that there's been a record number of one-possession games uh, more than ever in the National Football League. And, you know, whether it was three and a half, if you like the teaser situation with the Cowboys at that point, at four, you probably don't want to tease it, uh, even though you're, you're, you're at ten. Um, I don't know if this is a, a more than one-possession football game, uh, but I can't lay it with the 49ers mm-hmm. for some reason. I just cannot – make a decision right there. My decision has been other places, obviously props, uh, and then also with that total. The shortest margin of victory in the NFL since the merger of AFL and NFL back in 1970. Mm-hmm. About nine and a half points a game. Crazy mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. when you think about it from that perspective. I like San Francisco on the side. Okay. It opened three and a half. I wanted to see if we get a, a, right, a glance at a three. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen, but I gladly put this in before the money line price got above $2. Most shops are right around the minus 200 okay. mark. I did play San Francisco money line in this game at minus 190. Paired them with Philadelphia, part of a two-team money line parlay that pays minus 103. It's the overall depth of San Francisco that impresses me the most. And most people will point to the lack of confidence in the quarterback, mm. Brock Purdy for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But since he's come in, Mike, that offense has been just as multidimensional and dangerous as when Jimmy Garoppolo was in at quarterback right. before him, finishing the year third in rush offensive efficiency, third in pass offense efficiency. It's a San Francisco team that has won 11 straight, plus 179 point differential in that span. Only one other team is even over plus 80. So they are so far and away better from an overall offensive and defensive point of view. And if you have confidence in a rookie quarterback like I do, it's an easy bet to make. Okay. To win the game, at mm-hmm. least. Dallas has some things you like about him, but it's a, pretty st- it's a pretty sizable step up in class for the Dallas defense. Going up against a one-dimensional Tampa Bay offense right. last week that could not run the ball at all. And they looked really good, that Dallas defense against it. Now you have to take on a, a San Francisco offense that can do two things really efficiently. Run the ball with Christian McCaffrey and use Debo Samuel in different sets and also throw the ball downfield with right. all the weapons they have. To me, that's the hardest matchup for Dallas to get to on a short week with five days of rest. Right, and it's all great points. I mean, outstanding points, to be honest with you. Well, but thank you, Ben. You, <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting, though, about this game um, is the step up in class. So, like, Brock Purdy. Has he played against a defense like this? And that's valid. Yeah, he, has yeah, he has not played against a defense Only like this. Only two top 10 EPA per play defenses yeah. in the 11-game winning streak for I San mean, Francisco. I'll give you that. And sure. well, What I mean by that is, you know, Kyle Shanahan has directed this team from the sideline. I mean, he has controlled this game. If you watch tape, and I broke down and I studied the tape, Kyle Shanahan has been off the charts. Magnificent. And how he's managed the game for Brock Purdy. 
Uh, the game has been easy. The reads have been easy. The looks have been easy. The running game has operated and executed and all that. Nothing has gone wrong for San Francisco. Nothing. So now, is that talent? Maybe. Is that play design? Absolutely. Is that dressing it up? Because think about it. You can, you can have different personnel packages out there on the field and run the same plays, and that's what they're doing. 18-19 handoff is the exact same, whether there's three running backs on the field or two wide receivers or, or whatever. I mean, and so that is a lot to prepare for if you're Dallas. But what if Dallas does have an answer for that running game? What if Micah Parsons is moving all, all around the field uh, and making it difficult for Brock Purdy to think about the protection and all this stuff, right? Because Kyle's taking that away from him. Kyle's controlled all that. So that's where it gets interesting. Now, it is a big if because I think Dallas will have to try to do that, which you're talking about the playoffs. You're talking about uh, Quinn. Uh, you're talking about Quinn going up against Shanahan, highly familiar with him. Both of them are uh, with each other. So they're going to understand, and they're going to implement game plans uh, with that understanding too, but mm-hmm. it's the players that are going to have to determine it. But with Brock Purdy out there, I just don't know if he's seen uh, any type of defense like he's going to face uh, here against the Cowboys. That's a totally fair point. Yeah. And you have Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for Dallas, former head coach in Atlanta, mm-hmm. when Kyle Shanahan was right. his offensive coordinator there. It's Quinn now going up against Shanahan. But to me, where the weakness comes in for Dallas is that two of their most efficient, dominant players on defense are playing at less than 100%. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons picks up an injury last week. He's good to go, not on the injury report. Right. But he's clearly less than 100%, took a shot to the thigh, and was hobbled down the stretch against Tampa Bay. And Leighton Vander Esch, the, the key leader at linebacker who played over 90% of the snaps the first 15 weeks, only came back last week against Tampa Bay. Yeah. And while he is not really on a pitch count, so to speak, Mike, his level, I don't know how it looks to you, to me, doesn't look like 100% at all. Right. That has to be worrisome, at least on the, on the Dallas side. Well, it is. I mean, the neck is always going to be bothering you, too, with Vander Esch that way. But um, here's what stood out to me, too, in terms of stats and uh, when you look at the Cowboys, or look, let's look at the 49ers, because they led the way 10 times the defense held opponents to one score in the second half. 11 times if you count the playoffs. Uh, they had five shutouts, talking about the San Francisco 49ers defense. But right behind them, Ben, there's the Cowboys. 10 times the defense held opponents to one score in the second half. Now, I don't know if that's got a lot of headlines or not, uh, but that is remarkable. And you're talking about... The adjustments, you're talking about Dan Quinn. I mean, this guy's been interviewing for head coaching jobs all over the place right now, uh, and he's sought after. But his defenses have been causing problems, uh, in particular up front, and then certainly on the back end they take chances. Yeah. Uh, and Brock Purdy has not seen any of that, uh, in my opinion, up to date. He hasn't, but he has a, a schematic mm-hmm. wizard. Yeah, he does. Kyle Shanahan. he does. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, to me, is the, like, the best play caller mm-hmm. right now in the NFL. Right. And you go back to last week, Brock Purdy's a quarterback. How about this, Mike? A third of his pass attempts. We're talking a third. 33.333 unlimited percent (laughs) were to his targets Mm -hmm. that had at least five or more yards of separation. Five yards of separation. You played in the league. Mm -hmm. How often do you get five yards of separation as a wide receiver? Oh, man. You know, uh, uh, an edge is a separation, right? (laughs) I I mean, uh, a shoulder lean is a a separation. Shanahan is a a play caller and a schemer is setting up so many good edges for his team. Dallas, the final six weeks of the regular season, 22nd in pass defense on an EPA per play basis. It's incredible. It is. Kyle Shanahan um, and San Francisco, they will win that battle. Yeah. And it will allow them to win the game. Okay. I didn't get to the three. I, w- I was attracted to the 49ers on the side standpoint but, if it would have got to three. Um, we, we agree on something there. <laughs> we'll talk about props. There's one big injury concern on the Dallas offensive line. We'll ask Mike Pritchard when we come back to Pro Football Blitz.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Welcome back. This segment of the Pro Football Blitz is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of Zicotine nat- satisfaction per pouch. Find Zen online or find a store near you at Zen.com. That is Z-Y-N.com today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back for the final segment this hour with Mike Pritchard on the Pro Football Blitz. Mike, we get into some of the props mm-hmm. and some of the injury potential concerns for Dallas and San Francisco. Again, with a line of San Francisco minus four market-wide. Uh, total right now has gotten up to the 47 market. A lot of shops, still some 46s and a halves out in the market as of now. How do you think the Cowboy offensive line, though, will hold up with Jason Peters, the left tackle, the 40-year-old who's already been ruled out, right. had to tap out due to injury early in that game against Tampa Bay? As far as the depth chart, Josh Ball is the only backup offensive lineman who's seen significant action mm-hmm. who's even available this game. So how, how does Dallas counteract such an elite pass rush of San Francisco now that they're out out uh, out of their offensive line with the left tackle? Wow. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are going to lean on their first-round draft choice, uh, Smith, uh, over there, uh, certainly. Um, and then on the other side, the other Smith, too. I mean, they're going to have to. Tyron. Yep, yeah. that's right, uh, at right tackle. So bookend standpoint, they're okay. Uh, McGovern's going to go inside, play guard. He's been... Uh, kind of that swing t- uh, guard situation or offensive lineman and played in the backfield too. Uh, but, but no, I mean, the Cowboys, I mean, like I said, there's several ways you can handle a pass rush or rushers. Uh, if you feel good about your left tackle in that situation, you're going to be okay. You feel good about your right tackle too. Okay, how do we help out? We can chip with a tight end. We can extend their defense with a tight end. Uh, Dalton Schultz is going to be a, a key uh, in this game from a matchup standpoint and the passing game, but also in a running game. Uh, and, uh, and I think in a passing game, he can help see him protecting a little bit. Running backs, I mean, if you use Pollard, uh, which they should, as a receiving option, you know, you can protect with a tight end on the opposite side, right? And so uh, those kind of change-ups could throw a wrinkle uh, uh, into things for the 49ers because they do play a heavy zone uh, in that secondary because they, their pass rush gets home. But if the Cowboys can hold up against the pass rush, then that's when you start to like uh, the over. I like the under. You li- really? You I like, like under. the under because of these. It's kind of leaning over, but well, because uh, talk of, me out of it. Because of the familiarity uh, on both sides, well, as Kyle or Quinn, um, and then just the defenses and how they've locked down their opponents in the second half. I mean, throughout the game, you find ways to adjust along the way. Uh, you find ways. And then I looked at the matchups even. Uh, and the Cowboys can match up at times against 49ers and their personnel. So uh, I like uh, the under uh, situation. I know it's ticked up to 47. I think uh, the amount of possessions uh, could be down to, especially if each team yeah. wants to possess the football. Like the 49ers, they want to run it. We, don't, we want to avoid Brock Purdy throwing a book football. We want to avoid him being elevated past 30 or 35 passing attempts, right? Uh, so they have to run a football. They have to establish it that way. And I think if you're Dallas, you're trying to control the amount of explosive plays in a running game. Uh, and that's on the perimeter, predominantly for the 49ers. So I like the under. Uh, I think the Cowboys can move the ball and score at times, but uh, I, I'm, I'm looking to play the under in that game. It's, it's interesting. If you like under, you can find 47s mm-hmm. in the market, which is a pseudo key number in the totals world, 27-20. Right. Land 47. Make sure you find the 47s. Yeah. If, if you like the under 46 and a halves are still available though. If you like over, that's the way I'm leaning and it manifests into a, a look at the prop markets where Brock Purdy's passing yards 
You can find him at BetMGM as mm-hmm. low as 238 and a half. Other shops, DraftKings has him 241 and a half as you record right now. You're totally right on Dallas being able to contain San Francisco on the edges right. and control the run game. This was the number one rush defense on EPA per play on that basis over the final six weeks. As a result, to me, Dallas will dare Brock Purdy to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And with that scheme of Kyle Shanahan, I believe that they find openings to do that. And Purdy threw for over 300 last week. Okay. There's more confidence in him continuing each and every week. Got some of the nervy rookie first playoff start throws, those bad throws out of the way. Over 238.5 is a direction I would look, especially if Dallas is able to take away that run game. Uh, they've really struggled defending the pass when they've faced those multidimensional offenses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think uh, from a balance standpoint, you're right. Uh, absolutely, wholeheartedly right there. Um, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, the passing touchdowns are, is intriguing. Uh, you know, it's One minus 130. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I can see that, you know, Dak Prescott, one and a half minus one fifteen either way, uh, but going back to the 49ers and and what they do, I mean they use so much play action too and uh, the nakeds and all that. I mean Brock Purdy could have over two touchdown passes in the game, uh, right? Uh, and and that's doable. It's minus one thirty. It's two set for a reason. Uh, the 49ers though last year, uh, you go back to the playoffs. The 49ers had five sacks, uh, and the Cowboys still had uh, 307 total yards, uh, 70 plays against the 49ers. Um, and a chance to go, uh, and they were down by six, I believe. Um, you know, when you're looking at the Cowboys, too, and, and the 49ers, uh, coming off these playoff performances, they each had 10 drives offensively. And what did you do with those drives? The 49ers had 41 points, uh, and the Cowboys had 31. Mm, yeah. Right? And, but so my point is, if, if one drive is compromised, say it's nine drives in this, in this divisional matchup, the familiarity, too, are they going to be that efficient against each other's defense, right? And I, that's why I like the under because I, I don't, I can't imagine this game going past ten drives each or even eleven drives each. Uh, and you know, field goals are going to play a big role, uh, obviously, uh, in this matchup. That's as well. such a good thing to remember too, because as much as we talk about the efficiency on a per play basis, mm-hmm. if if drives are extended and if the pace is slower. Mm-hmm. It gets a lot harder to to get over the limit as far as a total is concerned. It, it goes the other way too. Right. The game is at a lightning fast pace. Even if the offenses are not putting up huge yards per play numbers, and they're you know they're they're needing a, a lot of different drives and possessions to get the ball in the end zone. Well, if they have you know twelve possessions in a game, there's a much higher likelihood that they'll actually get to a total. So right. your your point is well taken. I, I would think too the the fact that Brett Maher comes in. Mm-hmm. As a kicker who just missed four extra points, making history for all the wrong reasons last week, let you would think on a short leash coming in, that has to lend credence to the under, right? If if he is, if you don't have confidence in him, I don't know how you feel on yeah. Maher coming in this week. I, I don't know how you know you've been around locker rooms as a player. Mm-hmm. Kickers are kind of in their own little <laughs> corner, <laughs> yes, sometimes literally. That would, to me, uh, at least profile, at least to your side on the under as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Maher, look, you don't know where he is, but are the Cowboys really going to have two active kickers? Is that really – are they going to take a roster spot? I mean, that's that's kind of crazy to think about uh, that they would do something like that. But um, Tristan Vizcaino brought in this week. Yeah, right? yeah. So I – Take a look at that. I mean, the active roster is going to be active roster, right? And maybe pregame will decide that, or, or they're going to have to decide it before that because they, you don't want you want somebody to be inactive. You can't have two active kickers uh, in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I think the kickers do come into play, though. Uh, it's this type of matchup to me. Uh, I stayed away from the side for a specific reason, um, and you know, Dak Prescott is going to have to be incredible uh, in this game. So looking at props too, I mean. 
you got Zeke Elliott from a rushing prop. I, you got to get further and further away from Zeke. He's a more um, move the pile or or get those tough yards type of guy. You know, Tony yeah. Pollard is a featured back now. He has to be. And I mean featured in a passing game and a rushing game. Uh, and, you know, he, he averages so many yards per carry, and he's elusive. So even over 46 and a half, I, I think, is, is something to look at. Anytime touchdown, obviously, plus 150 uh, is something to look at, too. I'm glad you went that Pollard direction. That's the one that jumps out to me as far as Dallas props yeah. are concerned. Pollard, right now, as you look at the, the rushing prop for him, he, he's in that mid-40s range. In my updated numbers at DraftKings, 46 and a half. Averaging over five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. There have been eight different games this year where Tony Pollard has gotten at least 12 or more carries. Mm-hmm. All eight of those games, he's rushed for at least 75 yards. I, if, if you and I, like, we're, we kind of see the, we see this the same way. Right. He should be the feature back. Right. And especially, too, if you are a believer like I am that San Francisco has, has success moving the ball on offense, mm-hmm. Dallas has to stay aggressive on their own end. Doesn't mean abandoning the run. It means trying to spread the field, getting situations where Pollard can be successful. I see a world in which he gets at least 10 carries, ideally in that 10 to 15 range, and 70 yards is, is completely reasonable. Now, you're only asking me to get 46 and a half on the prop? I would gladly take that if I was playing yeah. a, a cowboy prop. Absolutely. I mean, uh, San Francisco, they're so heavily zone-oriented as a secondary. I mean, they'll do some linebacker run-throughs and all that to try to disrupt you uh, offensively, but they're going to play zone a lot of times behind that. It means the safeties are back. Uh, so if you're Dallas, I mean, you have to run a football. I mean, it's, it's paramount that you uh, establish that uh, to help out uh, Dak Prescott too. But uh, I think Dalton Schultz is going to have a significant role uh, in this game. His 42 and a half is his receiving. Minus 125 too, right? Uh, you got to pay up a little bit yeah. for that. Uh, but he was – He's a Stanford guy. You know, I, I remember him back in college, and I thought he was a perfect fit for Cowboys and what they want to do. Uh, you think about Kellen Moore and his background uh, from Boise, and even as a player, I mean, it, it's like that tight end is featured a lot of times. And Debo Samuel, highest yeah. receiving prop man on the 49ers side, 54.5. It would make sense if you're like me and you like Purdy to go over his passing yard prop. You'd like an over on a, a feature receiver like a Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. That's a 54 and a half. That'll do it for this hour of the Pro Football Blitz. Check out vcin.com slash NFL for more of our NFL content as we continue right here on vcin, the sports betting network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.